For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. It is September the 9th, 2020. This is the first time I've said this, but 2020 actually seems like it might be going by a little faster than than it seemed to be. can't believe it's already September. We're so far ahead, we're only like a couple weeks from... College football in the SEC, which is a much-needed breath of fresh air. We need that. We need it quick. But here we go. Uh, tonight's podcast is probably about the topic you assume it is. Now, we're reaching this stage in the election year where every single day it's going to be one thing after another, after another, after another. When, you know, it's negative about Biden, negative about Trump, whatever. That is that is what is set for the next two months. Again, it's September. We're only, we're less than two months away from the election, which is kind of hard to believe because this whole thing has been such a buildup. But here we go. It's it's time to get down and dirty, and it's going to get down and dirty. It's going to get worse, and that's just the way these things play out. And it's just the way it's going to be. Um, today, though, Bob Woodward, which is um, he's, I've seen I've seen people call him a award winning, prize winning journalist, which he's been in the game a long time. We'll give him that, and he's won whatever kind of stock you want to put in these. Uh, you know, awards that journalists get. Journalism is dead in 2020, so it doesn't really matter. Um, 
he is a well-known guy and really his his bread and butter as of late has been writing uh, books in re-election season or leading up to you know an uh, an election where uh you've got two guys bidding for the white house that are not currently occupants there he's made his money writing books about that stuff interviewing the presidents being in the white house he's got this ability to just kind of be a fly on the wall in the white house and get all kinds of information uh, whether that information's true or not, he's in the cut. He's up in there. He's able to get this stuff one way or another. And uh, he's made a living, as of late, piggybacking off, off Trump, writing books about Trump. I think the last one was Fear, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. This newest book, that is now all the craze for the left is called Rage by Bob Woodward. Now, Bob Woodward, apparently, from the last book he did to to now, he had been able to get his hands on 18 hours of interview time with the president. And, and when I say interview time, I mean Bob Woodward and Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump knows Bob Woodward well, okay? They go way back. So even though Bob Woodward has written uh, uh, books about him and really trashed him, shined him in a negative light, Donald Trump, don't know if he forgave Bob or just said, okay, you know, I get it. That's business, whatever. But he let Bob Woodward back in Trump world and committed to doing some phone interviews with him. I don't know if he actually sat down with him. He may have. Uh, but 18 hours of interview time. Now, if I were Donald Trump, I certainly would not have done that. Knowing what Bob Woodward was going to do with your words. So here we are. What has happened, if you don't know by now, they are slowly leaking, slowly releasing portions of this book. And this is the first instance of it that I've seen Um Bob Woodward is releasing audio of one of the interviews over the phone where Donald Trump is talking about his strategy that he's taken towards COVID-19. Now, this particular clip was recorded in March, and he's explaining to Bob Woodward, hey, this is, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm going about it, and we'll just, we're going to see where it goes, we're going to do the best we can, blah, blah, blah. And what he does is he says, okay, yeah, this thing looks pretty serious, but I'm not trying to freak everybody out. So we're going to play it down. We're going to get it handled. I've got full confidence that we, the U.S. government, can keep this under control, and then we'll move on. It doesn't seem like a big... That doesn't seem like a big deal, and it doesn't seem like breaking news, because we all knew... Donald Trump had a demeanor about COVID-19 of, hey, we want to keep everything calm. But what the left does is they have nothing more to go on than Donald Trump's words. Twisting them, taking them out of context, making headlines out of nothing because of some phrase or some terminology that Trump used. This is another case of that. It's all they have to go on. 
They use his words. They twist them. They make it look like something it's really not. And then here we go. Drudge Report is notorious for this. Now, I, I got to say, if you use or visit Drudge Report, drudgereport.com, Matt Drudge, who, who runs this thing, is, has always been a good news courier he's always you know he's had this site where he kind of just grabs headlines from all over the place and puts them in one spot i know a lot of radio people really relied on uh, a a drudge report because it kind of put everything in one place and you didn't have to go to 20 30 40 different websites a day to try to get all your news or all your different points of view Drudge Report, over the past few months, and I've watched this happen, I've watched this progression where it's turned into more of a salacious tabloid type of thing, and it's really obnoxious. It's gone from a great place to get references, to get headlines, to really just a a, a sad shell of its former self. For instance, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see here, This is what Drudge Report looks like these days. Obviously, the top story is Bob Woodward's book, Rage. But just go through the top headlines. They have at the very top of the page. General Mattis says, Trump is dangerous, he's unfit, and has no moral compass. The intel chief, who they're talking about, I believe, Dan Coates, Putin had something on him. Putin had... Putin had something on him. Okay, I got you. Let's go a little further. No other explanation for the president's behavior. These are all separate headlines on Drudge Report. Secret nuclear weapons system revealed. And this is graver, more grave than Watergate, according to that headline. Then you go down, it says, Woodward's turn. Brutal look inside White House chaos. Claims COVID cover-up. Give 60 Minutes bombshell interview in the tapes. I know it sounds so scary. (laughs) But that's what they do now. And I don't know if it's selling clicks. I don't know if they're getting more traffic because this is a way Matt Drudge is doing his website these days. I think he's doing himself a disservice. I think he's doing the people that have uh, really supported the Drudge Report for a long time a disservice. But whatever. It's election season. Drudge can do what he wants to do with his website. We can also do what we want to do with our mouse and our laptops. We don't have to go to it. Sometimes I kind of have to, but, you know, whatever. People will do what they want to do. I just wanted to point that out because that's where I'm seeing all these headlines. So back to the the tapes that were released today. And and these are the tapes that the the media is running with. They, They think they've got something, okay? And this is why the left gets so uh, excited or, you know, up in arms because they've spent the last four years trying to get something on this guy, right? The last four years they've spent trying to get something on Donald Trump, and they haven't been able to do it. They just haven't. Think about the, the time, the energy, the millions of dollars they've spent to try to pin this guy to the wall, and they haven't done it. So when they do get something like this, where they think they really have something, even if they're having to twist his words, they get excited. They say, finally, after four long years, we finally got him. I hate to break it to him, but this is not going to be it. If you're going to get Donald Trump, and you are the Democrats, you're the left, this is not the hill to die on. 
because this is not breaking news. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, at Andrew McLean, who, uh, on Twitter, I, I posted the tapes myself, and I'm like, hey, this is this is not breaking news. This is not something that should shock anybody. This is, we knew this. We knew that this was his MO. We knew this was his demeanor. And uh, this is the route he was taking. Because think about this. I'll tell you what. I'll get into all that as we as we go along. I'm, I'm going to play you the tapes first. And we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go to my Twitter feed here. And pull it up. See if we can't handle a little bit of that. Uh, where you at? Only Andrew McLean who? Okay. Now here is the Woodward tapes that you will be hearing. If you watch the news, if you're watching the news cycle, you're going to hear this over and over and over and over. And for copyright purposes, for those of you watching, you can see the CNN logo. So CNN's at... They, they're one of many outlets that have this audio, but that's where I'm playing it from. So give CNN credit, whatever, whatever. Here is Bob Woodward on the phone with Donald Trump, March 19th, 2020. Now it's turning out it's not just old people, Bob. Just today and, and yesterday, some startling facts came out. It's not just old, older yeah, exactly. young people to plenty of young people. So what's going on give in me an... A- a moment of talking to somebody, going through this with Fauci or somebody who kind of uh, it caused a pivot in your mind because it's clear just from what's in on the public record that you went through a pivot on this to, oh my God, the gravity is uh, almost inexplicable and unexplainable. Well, I think, Bob, really, to be honest with you... Sure, I want you to I be. wanted to... Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. So... Uh, now it's turning out it's not just old people, My Bob, question is... Today and, and yesterday. So- what's, what's so odd about that? Can anybody tell me? Is, is there a reason we should be shocked that the president is saying, I, I didn't want to freak people out. And I don't know if that's all the audio I have for that. I'm about to check. Let's see here. I feel like I had more of that tape. Uh, no, that's that's. I think that's all I got. Um, why wouldn't the president want to play it down in his words. Now keep in mind this is Trump terminology and you got to speak Trump to understand what he's talking about. And a lot of people refuse to do it even though they've been covering this guy for 4 or 5 years. They know what he means when he says stuff, but they continue to twist those words. When he says play it down, he means as he stated, not to put the country in a panic. Okay? Now, if you're just looking at the US, Do you guys remember in March and April going to the grocery store, in particular Walmart, for those of you that still went to Walmart or any grocery store for that matter, you remember what a nightmare that was? You remember going and there's not any meat on the shelves. You can't find nothing. It was horrendous. No toilet paper, no paper towels, no Clorox. No, You couldn't find anything at the grocery stores. Okay? So there was already a sense of panic. 
Now, imagine the president coming out here and inducing even more panic. What do you think would have happened? What do you think your grocery stores would have looked like then? What do you think would have happened to the food supply? It would have been utter chaos had the president come out and stoked the fire and, and, and made, the, made the situation worse. Instead, what normally normal people would think of as a good thing, he tried to keep everybody calm. He knew that using the power of the U.S. government, they were going to be able to get this handled in one way or another, even though they knew it could be deadly. But he tried to keep it calm. And keep everybody from absolutely freaking out. And if you don't think it would have been a disaster if he would have came out flailing his arms, acting like his hair's on fire, you're out of your mind. So, it's not just the U.S. either. It really was the entire world because all of the eyes across the world were on us. Everybody was watching the U.S., Saying, what are, these what are these guys going to do? And why were they doing that? Because everybody relies on us. Everybody. That's why we were uh, using the Defense Production Act to pump out tons of PPE. That we were using it to pump out tons of ventilators that we then sent all over the world. They were relying on us. They always rely on us. All these countries. And half the time, we even foot the bill for it. Those times are changing thanks to Donald Trump. But everybody relies on us. So it was more than just keeping our country from freaking out. It was keeping the entire world from freaking out. So as the media runs with this thing and talks about how awful it is that he downplayed it or whatever they want to call it, he did the entire world a favor by doing so. Because it wasn't like he downplayed it and then just kicked back and went and played golf. No. No, he, he told you what he told you. He told everybody to stay calm, and he got right to work. They immediately, following the ban on travel from China and then Europe, immediately got to work. There was a time early on in this that all the, 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 the liberal mayors and the liberal governors, Democrat governors, that are now bashing him, in the early days of COVID-19, they were praising him. Talking about what a good job he and the federal government had done to help them out. But now those days are long gone. And they have no need to praise him anymore. Because they don't need his help. The numbers are going down. They've got a handle on it. They don't really have a handle on it. They're keeping their state shut down. Forcing tons and tons of small businesses to close up shop for good. But those tunes quickly changed. They gave him props, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, it's getting awful close to the election. Guess we better get back to bashing the president. To the point of if it wasn't for Donald Trump, Andrew Cuomo would have been a dead man. He would have been a dead man walking on the streets of New York. But instead, instead he makes a veiled threat at the president of the United States saying... Don't come to New York City unless you have an army to protect you because you won't survive on the streets of New York City. Really? 
<laughs> really? The guy that literally saved you in the midst of COVID-19? That's the way these people operate. Everything is political. If you, for one second, think the Democrats care about you or even have an ounce of compassion for anything but themselves, power, and money, you're lying to yourself. That is all they care about. Joe Biden is no different. Joe Biden came out today at a uh, did a did a little press conference. It's, it wasn't really a press conference because he didn't take any questions. He never does. But I believe he was in Michigan and he stood out in front of an American flag, had some cars behind him, and be like, "Look at me in Michigan. We build cars. We'll make the economy good." Da, da, da. There was approximately it sounded uh, by the by the hand claps four to five people there to watch it. <laughs> I guess select reporters. But he was reading off a teleprompter. But this is Joe Biden's response to the Bob Woodward tapes that were released today. And this is going to be every other Democrat. Just listen to this. This is this is absolutely amazing. This is how they this is how they operate. This is how they think. On the day that we hit 190,000 dead in the United States because of COVID-19, we just learned from the Washington Post columnist Bob Woodward that the president of the United States has admitted on tape in February he knew about COVID-19 that had passed through the air. He knew how deadly it was. It was much more deadly than the flu. He knew and purposely played it down. Worse, he lied to the American people. He knowingly and willingly lied about the threat it posed to the country for months. He had the information. He knew how dangerous it was. And while this deadly disease ripped through our nation, he failed to do his job on purpose. It was a life and death betrayal of the American people. Experts say that if he had acted just, just one week sooner, 36,000 people would have been saved. If he acted two weeks sooner, back in March, 54,000 lives would have been spared in March and April alone. Does anybody really believe that Joe Biden or even anybody on his team did that math? <laughs> how, how would you know that many lives would have been saved if Trump would have acted sooner? Now, they won't get into details about what they mean by acting sooner, because if they listed off all the things he should have done, they would quickly realize he did all those things. For instance, I saw Mika Przinsky tweet earlier today. Okay. And I, yeah, I follow her on Twitter. Don't judge me. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure, if you will. Let me tell you, let me tell you what she said. Let me pull her up real quick. Uh, I guess we can do it. No, I don't want to do it over there. I'm gonna mess everything up. Uh, Mika Brzezinski says, "Oh Lord, have mercy." She's got so much. She's been going nuts today. He didn't want people to panic. Why exactly would have been panic? What exactly would have been panicky about mobilizing the Defense Production Act to mobilize mass testing? How about asking all to mask, getting PPE to first responders? He knew this was needed. Instead, Trump lied, and so many people died. Now she just went through and named off all the things that he did. So I'm not exactly sure where she's going with that you know his failure is not only cost lives 
It sent our economy in a tailspin. It cost millions more in American livelihoods. This is a recession created by Donald Trump's negligence, and he is unfit for this job as a consequence of it. And it goes back to why the, the this issue of the economy tanking, and by the way, we're on the way back up and fast, that this is all political for them, okay? They are trying to pretend, and they're doing this in ads, they're doing it in their speeches, like Donald Trump with his policies and his decision-making on an economic front has ruined the economy, Right. Could you imagine, just imagine for a moment, that Hillary Clinton were the president? We would have gone right from Obama to Hillary, okay? We would have been on a downward spiral before COVID-19 hit, okay? And the economy is not good. It's stagnant. It, even if it's growing, it's growing in like Obama numbers, which is almost nothing. And then this hits, what do you think would have happened? It, we'd have been done. Like it, That would have been impossible to recover from. But instead, we've got a president. We luckily elected a president that spent three and a half years building up this economy and producing numbers like we've never seen before. So we had cushion to take the hit. And it didn't get as bad as it could have been. But on the other side, if COVID-19 would have come in while Hillary Clinton was president, we would have never seen this kind of reaction to it. It would have been covered up. Everybody would have went about their day. And we would have acted like COVID-19 is not that big a deal. Because in the grand scheme, it's not. It's, it's just not. We, 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 have, we are losing people. We're losing lives. We're losing American citizens. We're losing human beings across the world. Yes, but that happens on a daily basis with thousands upon thousands of different sicknesses. And we could have gone about this without shutting down the economy or any of this stuff and still been able to handle it and still been able to protect the vulnerable people. But that wasn't an option because the left had decided they were using this for political gain. And that's everything you need to know about the COVID-19 response. How many schools aren't open right now? How many kids are starting the new school year the same way they ended the last one, at home? How many parents feel abandoned and overwhelmed? How many frontline workers are exhausted and pushed to their limits? And how many families are missing loved ones at their dinner table tonight because of his failures. It's beyond despicable. It's beyond despicable, Joe Biden says. How many schools are still closed because of Trump's COVID-19 response? Well, let me tell you. I don't know who this guy is, but we're trying to get him off the screen if you're watching YouTube. Don't look, don't look. I don't want to get in trouble. Ah, there he goes. The reason schools are closed is because of Democrats. We could have come up with a way to keep the schools open. We would have never had to go through this. Maybe, maybe it was a good idea since we were towards the end of the school year to go ahead and shut it down for the rest of the year. 
it had some adverse effects big time. And that's from an educational standpoint, from a physical, mental, and emotional health standpoint for the children, uh, for the strain it puts on parents who now have nowhere for the kids to go during the day. They had that effect. Not to mention, we had to scramble and didn't really do school. Any of you guys that have school-age children, especially that are around my age, like 10, 11, 12 years old, you remember watching the virtual learning once we officially shut it down and it was just chaos because nobody knew what to do. It just came out of nowhere. Now it's a lot more structured. For those of you that are doing virtual learning with your child, I'm doing it as well. Uh, Although in our county here in Birmingham, Alabama, they voted, the, the, the Board of Education voted yesterday to open the schools back up. At first, it was virtual learning the first nine weeks. They voted to open back up in a hybrid type fashion. So the kids that want to come back or the parents that want their kids to come back, they're going to be able to come back. And if parents don't want to do it because they got somebody vulnerable at home or whatever the case, they're going to be able to keep their kids at home and continue with the virtual learning. That will be announced. Those plans are going to be announced on Friday as far as when they open. But I I suspect maybe a week before they open the doors back up, which is fantastic, fantastic news for a lot of people, for a lot of children. But none of that needed to happen. We, we didn't have to be at that point at this point in time. But because of politics, because of the Democrats' political game and power grab, this is what we're dealing with. Livelihoods have been ruined. Lives have been lost, not just by the virus, but by suicide, by addiction, by alcoholism, abuse. Numbers that we'll never fully be able to grasp because we'll never get those numbers. The only numbers that count right now are COVID-19 deaths, and that is, again, 100% political. Political reasons only. If we go, and I've talked about this time and time and time again, I know, if you listen to this podcast, you're going to be like, Andrew, how often are you going to say that? But it can't be stressed enough that we will never fully grasp the COVID-19 death numbers. We, We will never really know how many people actually died from COVID-19 because they've padded the numbers. Anybody that has died between the time all this mess started and now have basically been counted as COVID-19 deaths. If they tested positive, no matter what they died from, they're counted as a COVID-19 death. But if we went and we truly knew the numbers exactly how many people died from COVID-19, even if it just accelerated whatever they had, but it was the main cause they died. The percentage of people that die, not, not only that, not only if we knew the numbers of the death, if we knew the numbers of how many people are and were infected, the number, the percentage of people dead from this virus would have been so minuscule 
it would have been laughable. And I mean that in the most respectful way possible because there's nothing laughable about people dying. But it would have been so minuscule, your head will explode at the thought of what we've done to our country, our economy, our families, our children over such a small percentage of deaths that will really be unmatched compared to other viruses, compared to even the flu. And, but we're not over the hump. See, this, this could spiral into something worse. As you know, with people that take this virus very, very serious, they have sanitized their entire life for the past six months. Masks, bleach, hand sanitizer, whatever they can get their hands on, they are constantly using this stuff. And they are constantly sanitized keeping all the good bacteria their body needs and craves from getting into their system. And when flu season comes around, when it's just the season where people get sick, their body is going to take a beating because their immune system is going to be almost non-existent. Because their body's going to be saying, oh, no, we're good. Like, we... we there's not even any uh, bacteria getting to us, so what are we going to worry about sickness? We're sanitized. But you're not going to be able to stop it. Just like you're not going to be able to avoid getting coronavirus. There's time and time again, people that wear masks every day, sanitize every day, they call it the virus. Everybody's going to have it. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but that's just the way it's going to pan out. But this is what we're faced with. So, Joe Biden says Donald Trump killed 200,000 people. They've done the math, and if he would have done X, Y, and Z, he would have been able to um, uh, save those people, or whatever, whatever they, whatever they think uh, he could have done or did that didn't do. And then we've got the campaign side of it. So we'll see how it all pans out. We got an election coming up in less than two months. This is not going to be the last we hear. Now, Bob Woodward's book, there'll be plenty more coming out about it as well because that was just one small part of an entire book or novel or whatever we're calling it. Could it have been the most important part or the most salacious part, should we say? Possibly. But who knows? That's all the left has. Just remember that. All the left has is to use things like this. Things that are obvious. Things that we all really, we already know. But they'll keep pumping them out. No matter how true or false they are. They'll keep reminding you that Jay Mattis said Trump is dangerous and he has no moral compass. They'll keep telling you administration officials, former administration officials, think Russia and Vladimir Putin had something on Trump and he's beholden to him. Just the same old stuff. 
but there's two people to choose from once people go to the ballots well, go to go to the booths the polling locations in November and whether they like Trump or like Biden they're going to have to decide which one's doing a better job than the other hopefully they'll answer that question while saying I know the media lies to me so how has my life benefited how has my family benefited over the past four years and do I think the other guy could do any better that's it it's a wrap y'all thanks for listening to the over the line we'll have a brand new podcast coming up very soon and until next time See you, cool.